I am Linda. And I'm Sarah. I'm a boomer mom. I'm a millennial daughter. And we're here to talk about relationships. All kinds of relationships. So without further ado, let's, let's get, get relational. relational. Hi, welcome to another episode of Let's Get Relational. Today we're talking about triggers. We're excited to be here to talk about this today. It is a really great conversation to have. And it's one that a lot of people have some disagreement with. They just don't think triggers are real or they think it's kind of a privileged way to live your life to always be looking at what your triggers are. There's a lot that people say about these things. What we know is that being aware of your triggers makes a huge difference in how you're able to communicate with the people you love and care about in your life and the people you don't really care that much about in your life, but you have to deal with them anyway, like sometimes coworkers and sometimes extended family members. But a trigger, you're looking at where you have, are having big reactions with lots of feelings that maybe are not pertinent to the uh, thing that's actually just happened. So somebody says something to you in a loud voice and it's really not anything that was that big of a deal, but you find yourself crying um, or quivering inside because it reminds you of a time that you were yelled at by a parent when you were little. And we're not always aware of what the thing is right in the moment. Uh, I, I did a lot of work with this over the last 10 or 12 years, I guess. And I have gotten to be really good with, oh, that's just because of what happened with my dad. Um, and, and it's not to minimize what happened with my dad at all. Um, my dad was, was very loud, very scary. Uh, physically violent, verbally abusive. And I say that as if it was not a big deal, but it's been a long time healing. I know he did the best he could. It just wasn't as good as I needed in terms of a dad growing up, right? And so, you know, whenever I have a reaction to someone who's uh, very loud, very forceful, uh, really like moving their, pushing their weight around, um, I I have a little fear that comes up inside. And for me, now that I've worked through a lot of my issues about triggers, I'm able to just breathe into that moment, remind myself I am here and not there. Uh, one of my friends said that her therapist told her once to do this thing where um, she said to herself, she would, she would pat herself on her chest and say, this is now, that was then, and point to the to behind her. Um, and you know, just to remind yourself of where you are right now in this moment. And the thing that is happening that's triggering you still might not be okay. You might Maybe that person is talking to you for too forcefully, but maybe it's a situation where someone is late and you're all kinds of upset and for not any good reason you can see. And if you just keep digging below whatever the upsetness feeling is, then I think you can find what the thing is that's triggering you about that particular person, that particular situation, uh, or, you know, just to like check in with what's inside of you because then you can talk about it with the other person if it's appropriate. Yeah. So, uh, example is, um, I went to go visit, this was before COVID. Um, <laughs> uh, I went to go visit, uh, a friend of mine, uh, with another friend, um, and, uh, uh, they're still living with, um, uh, a parent. Um, and so... We were over there and we, we tend to stay up pretty late playing video games because that's something that we do together. So, um, but sound travels very easily in, in my friend's house. And so once uh, 
his like their mom had gone to bed uh they came up to me and said oh your your voice is like really loud you need to like keep it down and immediately i was like and so i sat with myself for a little bit because i have an issue with people telling me i'm really loud or to be quiet it just makes me want to shut the fuck up and never say anything ever again um and so i i sat with myself realized that like it's just because the sound travels and apparently no matter what you do in the house like even if you stick a fan like in the room mm. with you it still doesn't like solve any of the sound problems um it's just just how the house is designed so i ended up going up to this friend and being like yo i know it's not your fault but like when people tell me to not be quiet or, like i have a reaction and i get upset when i'm told that i'm to be quiet and like it doesn't matter how you say that to me i'm gonna be a little upset spaghetti and it's like not your fault but i just want to let you know that that's why i do because around the people that i care about it's very difficult for me to maintain a poker face about my reactions to things so um i explained what was going on and my friend was like oh i had no idea that was an issue for you i'm like yeah it's just something that i know about you about myself and i thought i would let the two of you know because it's just a thing that i have I was like, oh okay like uh, i'll keep that in mind i, I didn't know that it's like it's all good i don't like go around telling people that all the time so well and, and by doing that she didn't make him wonder why she was withdrawing you know, because one of the things we've seen people do, um, and I have probably done this in my life. I haven't done it anytime recently to a large extent. I'll do it for a, a little short period, but to go be a little pouty, to withdraw, um, and, and to want attention, but not want attention because you, you, you just feel awful. You feel stupid. You feel like something's wrong with you. You know, you're just having a reaction, but by saying to a friend, Hey, I just need you to know I'm having this reaction. You didn't do anything wrong. And I know I didn't do anything wrong, but I'm, I'm having these feelings. So just give me a sec while I'm working this out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that, that's the thing is to really own what's going on inside of you and to not try to blame it on somebody else. She could have been mad at him for telling her to be quiet. She could have been mad at the mom or worried that the mom thought she was too loud and was mad at her. You know, there's all kinds of things she could have done in yeah. that situation. But by just hitting it straight on, you know, you really uh, defused it basically. Yeah, and, and the thing is, I, I like to be open with my friends and when stuff like that bothers me and if I, you know, I have a reaction or something, I'm going to tell them about it be like, okay, this is just the thing <laughs> that I'm dealing with, like, it's not really about you, I know it's a me thing, so like, like I don't mean, so if you're feeling like I'm angry at you, that's not the case, it's just like I'm having a reaction to a thing, that is all, That's and that's you know, something that I need to deal with. That's not something that you have to, you know, deal with for me kind of deal. Yeah. I just want to let you know what's going on with me. Yeah. Um, and there've been a couple times, and I think I've talked about this before, but where, um, you know, you're in the middle of bantering with friends, but you didn't think you were bantering. You thought you were getting to share what you were really feeling. And then, um, you shut down because nobody's listening to you because they've gone on to the next 12th topic. Um, because they're la 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 you know, and, um, so with my friends now, we're really careful to differentiate between when we're in bantering time and when we're in listening time to each other. Um, because the, a, a number of us, and I think this is not unusual, a number of people have um, issues with being interrupted and feeling like they just don't get heard. Yeah. Um, I, I've been working in sales and training sales teams for a number of years now. And the interesting thing to me is how few people feel heard in the world. Like they just don't feel like anybody listens to them. 
you know, for me to, to, to the extent that, because I am a good listener, that people will unload on me and not on purpose. They just start talking and they can't stop talk, stop talking. And um, because it's, they don't have anybody to listen to them in their lives. Mm -hmm. So I would be on sales calls and people would tell me things they've never told anybody in their lives. Um, and uh, because I was a good listener, you know, and in a sales situation, you're guiding it back to whatever the is is the uh, issue that the problem is that your product can solve. Uh, but I was very compassionate in knowing that these people were very lonely, but I wasn't there to be their therapist or their friend or those sorts of things. So I had to create my own boundaries around that. And at the same time, I could be compassionate to what they were feeling. Yeah, that that's really important that, you know, if someone in their life feels like that they don't really get heard or are listened to, amongst the people that they spend time with it's not your job to be that person for them that they reach out to you for that you don't have to take that on if you don't want to um you know and even if they start unloading on you you, you don't have to let them do it because you feel bad or because you think they need it like if you don't want to deal with that you can say no and set up a boundary that you don't have that sort of uh, relationship with them um so it's you, you don't yeah it's your choice whether you are that person for someone or you're not. Or you just don't have the capacity that day. Exactly. And you know, I, I've had, we've talked about this, I, I've had a, a few friends that want me to solve problems for them or want me to, to do things for them, like figure something out on Facebook or figure out something with um, uh, travel arrangements we're putting together. And I, I, I am very compassionate, I'm very helpful. I help to a certain extent, but I do not want to disempower people by mm -hmm. taking over and fixing things for them. So, you know, the trigger for me can, in those situations, can be that this person's always asking me to do the work for them. And so, okay, why is that a trigger for me? Um, because I have allowed myself in my life often to be the caretaker and to uh, be the person that everyone depends on to my detriment. And so I, I help where I can and give direction and say, I, you know, so-and-so I think has dealt with that, or you might um, call this person and then I let go. Uh, you know, for those of us who've been fixers ever in our lives, um, it's it's hard not to get into that. Um, and, you know, for me, triggers can be for things like helping. You know, I can be triggered into feeling like I have to solve the problem. I can be triggered into feeling like um, everything's on me, the weight's on me. And if I don't take care of it, who will? Mm -hmm. And like, that's not empowering for me or anybody else either. So what we're always looking for is what's the most empowered thing I can do for myself and the other person in this situation? It's not just me or them. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes being empowering for the other person is to say, you got this, I believe in you. Yeah, like you can figure it out. I, I know you can do it. Yeah. Um, to, just to be encouraging and stuff like that. Yeah, so the important thing I think to look at is where you're attached to that wound and where is that wound still serving you? So I have some deep wounds from my um, the abuse of my childhood, um, and they don't serve me anymore. And so I'm I'm so quick now to really look at what is going on for me when I'm feeling that sense of being small, being contracted, um, uh, not being seen. You know, I, I used to say that uh, you could shine your light bright, but not too bright. You didn't want to um, outshine the parental units who needed the attention more than, than um, I was supposed to have. And so I was only allowed to uh, be a certain level of brightness. And so it serves me to hold on to that wound because it lets me play small still. 
And it serves mm -hmm. me to hold on to that wound because it protects me from being too intimate with other people. But I don't want to play small anymore. I don't want to be protected from intimacy with other people. And so I have to very quickly, when I feel that wound come up and, and all wound up and, and triggered, I have to do that. That was then, this is now, um, and that's not who I am. And all those things I, I built up in my image of who I was and the way I related in the world are not relevant now. The thing that's relevant now is who I want to be and how I want to relate in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like your your wound is something that's going that's attached to the trigger. Like the the trigger comes from the wound, um, whatever you're feeling. Like I have a big one besides the I don't like being told that I'm loud uh, or to be quiet. Uh, I have a big thing with being abandoned. And so one of the ways that like I actually deal with that wound is asking everyone around me to communicate with me about whatever it is because I'll read into things if someone's like responding in a certain way over text. I'm not even kidding. Like over a text. I feel like they're being weird and they're withdrawing. There's something going on. And I can like feel it in, in like in my uh, gut too, like in sort of intuition sort of sense. Um, so then I'll ask, like, is something going on? Are you busy? Because if you're busy, we don't need to talk right now. Like, just let me know if you're busy. And then they'll usually be like, oh yeah, uh, I actually need to focus on something else. I'm like, cool. Text me later when you were not busy. I'm like, okay. I'm like, great. Crisis averted. <laughs> Again, it comes back to communication, which we exactly. always say. I mean, you know, our pillars, there's, there's more than communication in our um, pillars, but that is such a big one for us. It's, it's like, and we practice it all the time. And it's, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, we, we, and we were agreeing that Sarah and I have the best learning lab in communication in the universe because we're mother and daughter and we're working on this business together. Mm -hmm. And um, and there's a lot that's that's coming forth through all of this. And and so it's this great opportunity for us to get better and better at, the, at this. And, and I'm really grateful for that opportunity because not all of us have the space and time to do that with our parents or, or, or yeah. our kids. And um, so I, I just feel like whatever we're learning from that, we want to share mm -hmm. um, so that we can help support other people. And the thing I want to remind you of, there's no magic healing potion for these wounds. And it's like, there are so many things that help both of us, particularly somatic therapies of different kinds. Mm -hmm. um, those have been amazing for both of us because for me, I did talk therapy for years and it was great to a certain extent. And I got to a place where I just thought, I, you know, talk therapy is just not it anymore. And it still has its place. But for me to actually breathe it through my body and release it or to have a body worker work on the things in my body that were trapped in the um, ligaments and tendons of my body and to feel the emotional release when there was a release, to do acupuncture and feel that release all through my body. There's so many things that I've done just to move things through, through my body. And I, I don't think we can ever underestimate what um, early childhood trauma, abandonment issues, mm -hmm. those kinds of things, uh, how they affect you inside your body. And uh, it's so important to do whatever work it is to, to move that through. You know, we're going to be recording some things with some experts on breathing and, and some other kinds of things where people are, are going to give us some um, advice on, on ways to move that thing, uh, those things through faster and ways to change your state. Um, I remember being in a personal development workshop once where we were all filtering around the room, feeling all depressed and, and it's like, oh, the life, life is terrible, not making eye contact with anybody. And then they would ring a bell and you would switch 
and you'd make eye contact and you'd smile and you could feel the energy change in your body. I was doing a stretch the other night with uh, one of my um, instructors that I, I follow um, and she said, we were doing this really hard stretch and she said, smile, you'll be surprised how much it helps get you through the next few seconds. And it was true because it made me laugh and it made me not take it so seriously. I wasn't so attached to the pain that I was feeling in that stretch and not bad pain, just, just uh, uncomfortable pain. Yeah. And the thing with, thing with like somatic therapy too, is that it's part of that is the belief that whatever trauma happens resides within your like nervous system and within your system, your, your, yourself. Um, and so part of the, like, I've also been through talk therapy as I have, uh, mentioned before. Um, it, it helps relieve a lot of, at least from my experience, a lot of what was I was dealing with in the moment, but it wasn't always taking me back to like what the really deep seated issues were that I didn't even realize I had. <laughs> um, so that's sort of where we come from when we're talking about somatic therapy and that it's related to digging into your actual system of your body where things are pain, um, tightness, tension can be held within your system. Uh, from past traumas and it's working with someone who is able to like read the energy of your body and be able to figure out where those pain points are and help you release them so that you can deal with whatever trauma that you experience related to the tension in your own body and your own system and release it so that you can continue to move forward and you know have a better understanding of who you are and what you need to work on uh, to become uh, you know to grow as a person. Yeah, I, I'm just reminded of um, when you talk about the nervous system, uh, some work I did with a teacher who um, every time we would start breathing it, and then uh, I was, she was new to me and me to her, and uh, I was in a group setting and I would just have these um, almost convulsive movements, you know, just reactions when everybody came near me. And I realized how much my nervous system was on high alert. And, um, and so I think for a lot of us who had early childhood trauma, it didn't just start with our conscious memory. For me, I, I'm sure it started uh, pre-birth. And um, I used to always think that stuff was kind of weird. But I had this amazing experience where we were doing breath work in a river in Costa Rica. I, my partner was, was holding on to me while I was just had my face down in the water for an hour. And I had this amazing, beautiful experience of trying to swim all over. Like I was wanting to do somersaults as if I were in utero and these goddesses and I've not ever been a big goddess worshiper. So this was all really strange experiences for me, but they were protecting me. They were protecting the womb so that my mom wasn't gonna get hit so that I could experience what life in the womb should have been like. And it was this joyous, miraculous, amazing experience. It was so joyful, so happy. And um, my, my poor guy that was, was my um, assistant and you know, holding me in the water, they brought him hats, you know, they, he was getting sunburned. I was out there longer than anybody else. And he said he walked me all around the river um, because I was wanting to swim and play and all of that. And uh, it was the most beautiful experience. And, and he and I, he had had an amazing experience when I had helped him also. But to feel that stuff <clears throat> move through my nervous system was such an incredible gift. And so now whenever I feel like I'm easily startled, I, I realize there's probably something going on with my nervous system and I'm activated in some way. And so I need to do the work that, that calms my nervous system. And that brings me to our last point, which is 
to be super gentle with yourself. You know, for years I would avoid anything that was um, uh, super male aggressive. And so I remember at college dropping a class because the professor, I can't remember what class it was, but he was super aggressive and, and kind of mean talking. Uh, and I think I made it through one class and then I dropped the class because at that time, I couldn't deal with anything else. It was at the height of some of the violence in my family, the violence toward my mother, and um, me subsequently getting blamed for some of that because I had the audacity to go off to college. Um, but the, uh, the thing for me about that was at those particular times, I didn't have the tools uh, to be able to soothe myself and to be able to work through all of those things. And so for me, I had to avoid those kinds of situations for a while. And I had to avoid those kinds of people and um, if there are people, places, situations where you are super easily triggered and you can't handle it right now, it's okay. You know, allow yourself to have the safety of not being in those places. Personally, I didn't want to live like that for the rest of my life. And so little by little, I did the work I needed to do to be able to um, have a healthy, happy, uh, calm life um, and where I was not in fear all the time. You know, and it, it's, I, I always say, you know, I didn't have as bad as some people and, and the people I've worked with have said, Linda, it was bad. So stop trying to minimize it. Um, and it's true. I, I, I still feel like I know I didn't have it as bad as some people because I've worked with some of those people who had horrendous things happen in their childhood. But no matter how big or small you think it was, if, if you know it's affected you, just do the work. I remember when I was doing hypnotherapy, um, somebody had a huge thing because they were, as a small child, they got an ice cream cone, which is an unusual thing for them, and they dropped it. And the parent told them to just suck it up. They weren't getting another one, and too bad. They should have been more careful. And they carried that through their whole lives. And, uh, you know, and, and a number of other kinds of situations like that where in moments of um, great vulnerability, they would reveal something that had kept them trapped for 50 years of their lives. And to allow us to go in and touch that place and release it is the greatest gift, but it's not able to be done until you're ready. And so we both really encourage people to be gentle with themselves, take themselves where they are, accept where they are, love where they are. And then only then can you do the work that allows you to move on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you have to be ready for it some people are not going to be ready so if you're with someone who maybe you can see has a lot of issues but they're not wanting to face them um they're not wanting to change quite yet it's probably because they're not ready so everyone is going to deal with their stuff at their own pace you can't set that for someone else they have to deal with it they have to come to terms with it they have to accept it they have to work on it they have to work on their behavior and want to change and that only happens when they're ready. And it's, so it's a whole process that they have to be ready for. And everyone has their own timeline for that. Yeah, nothing you can do can fix somebody else's trigger. So if you're in a relationship with someone who has a trigger, like I can't fix her trigger about being told to be quiet or to be told that she's too loud. I can't fix it. And so nope. I can either never tell her she's too loud um, so that I'm, I'm taking care of her or I can allow her to do her work. And in the situations where it's really bothering me and I need to say something about it, I can say something. Because uh, I don't need to take care of her feelings. I need to be compassionate about how I communicate with her. So in the times when I'm short, and not about the being loud, but uh, other times when I'm short with her or reactive, I really do try to come back. Um, it may not be the same day, it may not be the next day, but I try to circle back and just say, 
hey, I saw that this was a trigger for you. This was a trigger for me. Can we just talk about it for a minute? Not even to solve it necessarily. Yeah, just to acknowledge it. Acknowledge that it. Happened. Yeah. You know, that that's a really important thing to at least acknowledge that it happened, you know, for the whole <laughs> wanting to shut down and anyone tells me to be quiet, you know, it's still something I'm working on. I don't always have as much of a reaction to it anymore because my mom says that to me a lot. And I also catch myself. I can sort of hear it now too when I'm like, oh, my voice is rising. And I'm not trying on purpose for my voice to rise. I just have a voice that fucking carries. Well, and she's a very exuberant, passionate person. I mean, yeah, I I, I, I'm way more um, reserved most of the time. And she's really out there. And so it's been really good for me to to be more out there, you know, to be more like her. And for her to take on some of my little reserve traits occasionally um, and, and to balance each other out. It, it's a beautiful thing when we can do that. You know, I look at some of our friends who, you know, one uh, person in the partnership uh, or the parent-child relationship or the sibling relationship is super out there and loud and the other person is super quiet. And you can see how that works, mm-hmm. um, you know, because that super loud person and that really out there person can't take another person like that because that, that's going to be like dynamite, yeah. you know. TNT. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, back to the triggers for kind of wrapping things up. I I just want to reiterate that, you know, when something big happens for you emotionally, you're having a big reaction to something, just take a minute to check in with yourself and say, wow, is this, is this reaction appropriate for what's happening right now? So when she has a big reaction to someone saying it's, it's too loud for me, can you, can you just lower that a little bit? It's, It's like, no, it's not about being asked to lower the decibel level right now it's about something else and so let me just take a minute like communicate that yeah i hear you i don't want to totally withdraw so let me just take a minute so i can lower my voice and then um because because when you get excited sometimes you can't hear it and and i do the same thing every once in a while i'm like oh wait i'm really loud um i remember going to a friend's um she's my body worker and um and some, I, she would ask me a question in the waiting room and I would answer like in my street voice and she'd be like, shh. And I forgot there were other people in the other room. And so then, you know, go, going forward, and the very first time she did it, I felt like you do, like, oh, I felt like I'd done something bad. And then after that, I would kind of peek around and say, is anybody else here? Before I would answer her question. But it allowed me to like enter the space and just drop in a little bit more and just be a little quieter. Um, and so I, I learned to value that and, and to like look at other places in my life where I can drop in more and just get to that more quiet um, relational space and um, meet people where they are to kind of see where they are. So, so check out your big reactions. Don't be attached to your wound. Really look at what that wound is and what healing needs to happen and, and find a way to, to do the healing that you uh, want. You deserve to have an extraordinary life. You deserve to have everything you want. And be gentle with yourself. Take yourself where you are right now and um, look at what it is you'd really like. Allow yourself to just imagine your life differently. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if you find that people or situations or places are, are bringing up big reactions for you, look at why that is and maybe not spending so much time in in those situations or with those people or at those places so that you can really do the healing work that you need to do so you're not constantly bombarded with the wound yeah so awesome all right until we meet again we love you